Okay, so we're mamish, even though we're up to two dots, we're mamish in the middle of a sukya. Which means we're talking about the parts of Havdalah. We sort of finished, we sort of finished the Basamim issue. We're now up to the Nair. We're now up to the to the Nair issue, which we started talking last night. And the uh, Mishnah said that You don't make a brach on the candle until you are nana from it. And the Gemara presented the first tzad in that halacha. And that tzad was, it doesn't mean that you personally have to be nana from the candle. It means that the candle has to be one that can give somebody hana if they were close to it. But you could make a bracha on that candle if you're 500 feet away. Which means, when the Mishnah said a qualification that you need in order to make a bracha, that you have to have hana, it doesn't mean you have to have hana, it's a din in the chavtza, it's a din in the candle. The candle has to be hana capable. You personally, you don't have to get any hana. That was the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda we had last night. The Mishnah, the Gemara brought a Mishnah that seemed to say, if you see it but don't kind of know, you don't make a bracha. The Gemara said, yeah, that's talking about a dying candle. A dying candle, you cannot make a bracha. And that's going to be just like a little aside for the first line that we're going to start tonight. And then we'll get back into the, this machlai, because we're still, we only presented one sad. So we are going to start tonight the third medium line on Nun Gimel Amid Beis. Tanar Gechalim loichashais, whispering coals, which means that they're really hot. And a flame, you know, like escapes and laps up every once in a while. Those mevarchan aleihim. Oimimais, pursuing what we said last night, oimimais, dying coals. Ein mevarchan aleihim. You do not make a bracha on dying coals. What is whispering coals? What does it mean that the coals still have gas in them? What does it mean that the coals can still ignite? Any time that if you would stick in there a little twig and it would ignite and it would, it would ignite on its own. So the Gemara, you know, following up on last night's halacha, that the coals you make the bracha, on the fire you make the bracha, it has to be a lebedic, it has to be a live fire, it can't be a dying fire, it has to be a capable fire. So same thing with coals. If you make a bracha on coals, it has to be coals that have the power to ignite, not coals that are dying. The Gemara does this every once in a while. That word that you used, dying, oimemais, how do you spell that properly? Ibayilahu. May I ask you, Shiloh, is it oimimis with an aleph or oimimis with an ayin? Um, you know, there's a list of unique words. The, most words you, you find, most words you find elsewhere. And I therefore know the word by its shayresh. And I, you know, I know how to spell it. A unique word is like, I don't know how to make heads and tails. I've never heard that word you used before. I mean, from context, I understand you mean a dying coal. But like, I, I don't know what, what that word means. I don't know what it's shayrish is. I don't know how to understand it. 
What's this word you're talking about? How do you spell it? With an aleph or an ayin? It says in Pasuk and Yechaskel, it is actually a word in Tanakh. Arozim, cedar forests, loy amemuhu, were not extinguished in the Gan of Hashem. So you see that it's uh, properly spelled with an ayin, which, uh, <laughs> which calls into question why the Brisa spelled it with an aleph. Continues the Gemara. Um, back to our Machlekes. V'rova Amar. Rava says, no, it's not true. The lumdus you said last night, that when we said in the mission, you need to have Hanoah from the candle, you said it doesn't mean you have to have Hanoah from the candle, it means the candle has to be Hanoahable. Says Rava, no, you have to have Hanoah. Yo'oisai mamish. Rav Amr, mamish, you yourself need to have Hana from the candle. Yo'oisai mamish. Vikama, how much? Which means, I don't, any of you have a blackout? Uh, so I also, I'm in the middle of blackout now. So, so we could appreciate this Gemara. That Oh, the Milford Mill substation. Right. Like uh, had a fire. Yeah, so like Samal doesn't have power. We don't have power. Yeah, anyway, so you wish. It, it should, I think it's back on. Um, so like this, when you don't have light, so you're saying light, you could do certain things in low light and certain things you can't do. So we discuss here, Rubba said, I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about you getting Hana. Okay, how much light? Like, Hopefully you've never been in there, but in an operating room, there's a lot of light because the guy is doing very, very, very fine, delicate things. Uh, an artist needs a lot of light. Someone who's not doing something very important doesn't need a lot of light. You know, if you're eating, you know, you can have a little candlelight dinner. It's flickering. You're fine. You don't need to see that much. You're not doing surgery on your food. So how much light? Says the Gemara. Vikama, now that you told me you have to get Hana from it, how much light? You could tell the difference between two coins. Now, obviously, these coins may be different in size. We're not talking about you feeling it or holding it. We're talking about from the look of it, it has to be light enough to see the difference between a nickel and a dime. That, like, obviously, in this light, you can see the difference between a nickel and a dime. If it's pretty dark, but there's a candle flickering five feet away from me, maybe you will, maybe you won't. The Gemara says, another shita. No, even more. Chezki Amar, ben meluzma shel meluzma shel They used to use discs as weights on the scale. So each place had their own set of discs. So you have to be able to tell the difference between a meluzma, a disc weight, of Teveria and a Meluzma, a disc weight in Sipiri. You know, it's like you have to be able to tell the difference in a West Virginia quarter and a Kentucky quarter. You, you need a lot of light for that. Now, obviously in this room, you can easily see this is a quarter from West Virginia, this is a quarter from Kentucky. But not if there would just be a candle flickering. And finally, finally, says the Gemara, Rabbi Huda, who said before that you don't need to see, you don't need to actually use the light. He would be Mavarich. He would make Havdalah Adbe Abadaila 
on the candle all the way down the block in the house of this guy Abedaila. Because Rabbi Yehuda Lashitase held, you don't have to actually get Hanah from the light. It just has to be a light that could give someone Hanah so you could make a brah Hanah from down the block. Rava, who said, no, you need to personally get Hanah from it. Rava would only make a bracha on his next door neighbor. Says the Gemara, Rava Mavarech Adabeguria. Rav would only make a bracha on his mamish, his next door neighbor, because he needed to personally get hanav from it. And he would also make from down the block, because he held like Rabbi Huta. So we now have the halacha, and this is how we paskin, that the light for havdalah that you make a bracha on is not simply a light that somebody else can get hanav from, but not you. It's a light that you physically need to personally benefit from. And we, we look at our fingernails. So the Mishnah Brura brings three reasons why we look at our fingernails, and not that reason. That's not in the Mishnah Brura. We'll get to that. The first reason the Mishnah Brura brings is because of this, this Gemara, that it's very fascinating. It says over here, they have to be able to tell the difference between A and B. Between a dime and a nickel, between a West Virginia quarter and a Kentucky quarter. On your body, there's nowhere else that there's two materials that you can tell the difference between. So the Mishnah Brewer, and the first reason, a like good Litvisher reason, no heebie-jeebies, no Kabbalah, no hocus-pocus. On your body, you have nail and you have skin. In, in pure darkness, you can't tell the difference between nail and skin. Even if you know it's pretty dark, you could make out your shape of your hand, but you can't tell the difference between the material that your fingernail is made out of and the, and the material your finger is made out of. So says the Mishabur in the first reason, in order to be a Mekayim, you need light Kedeshe Yakir Bane. In order to tell the difference between A and B, yeah, you look at the most handy thing that you always have on you is your hand. And on your hand, you have two surfaces. You have a fingernail surface and a, and a skin surface. And you look at your hand to tell the difference between A and B, fingernail and skin. Hair? It's very hard to look like where you have hair, mostly. I can't see my beard. You know what I'm saying? I'm, and well, I can't see my hair. Uh, arm, whatever. Those that wish for <laughs> You're very complicated. <laughs> Number two, says the Mishabura, fingernails are simon bracha. You know why? Because they're always growing. If my bank account would be like my fingernails, so says the says the Mishabura, you look at your fingernails, Matsushabas, these things are mamish, steady 10% year over year growth for the last 48 years. Mamish Myridik. So that's a great thing to look at. And the third thing Mishabura says is you look at the lines on your hand. This is already getting Kabbalistic. The lines on your hand are a source of Parnassah. Your Parnassah goes on the palm of your hand. So you look at the palm of your hand. It should be a, a Mazel Dik a week. And that's why you look at your hand. But the first reason of Mishabura is Mamish our Gemara. Everyone knows the basic Yosef's reason that we look at the fingernails on Matzi Shabbos because Adamarishan got nails. Adamarishan's whole body was covered in nails. And so we look on Matzi Shabbos after, right after Shabbos, which happened right after Adamarishan sinned. So we look at our fingernails. That famous reason is not brought in the Mishabura. That's brought in the basic Yosef. But the Mishabura brings those three reasons. Covered, mm-hmm. covered in nails? Mm-hmm. 
supposedly, yeah, I'm, I'm not 100% sure like the Metzius of this, but he had some type of protection. Because he wasn't susceptible to the elements. And then he lost that protection. That's why he had to make clothes right after he did the um, the, the Chet of the Mauritian. Finally, the Prima Godim says that you first look at your fingernails and then you make the bracha. Because it's a birchas hashavach, and like we discussed in the past, whenever you have a birchas hashavach, you see, you experience the thing first, and then you thank Hashem. You go to the Atlantic, you look at it, and you say, Ah, Baruch Hashem, Makenam Alcham, Oisim, Aisim, Bereshis. You go to the Grand Canyon, you look at it, and you say, Ah, Baruch Hashem, Makenam Alcham, Oisim, Aisim, Bereshis. You see a rainbow. You say, Ah, thank you for not destroying the world. Baruch Hashem, Makenam Alcham, Oisim, Fine. So, so to here, you know about that, right? The so to here, you look at your dales, or you nenner from the light, and then you make the bracha, it's a berchas hasheva. Azoi state in the primagoda. The Shmir Shabbos Kilchasa brings from the Kitzar Shachanarach that you look after the bracha. For some reason, the Gantzarelt is not that way. Everyone makes the bracha, then looks at their fingernail. Maybe because it's coming right off of the summon bracha, which is what everyone taka does. Maybe since it's coming right after the summon, they do that. Maybe the velt has a reason. I don't know. But the, the prima godim, Sternbach also says this. Prima godim says that you should look at your fingernails and then make the bracha. One more line at the end of the sugya. Amr Abzeira says Abzeira, Meresh. Back in the day, have a mahadrina, I would search after fire. Nowadays, it's pretty easy because, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I skipped the line. Omar of Yehuda, Omar Rav, Ein marzirin ala or, you do not search for fire, Kedar Shemazirim al mitzvahs, the way you search for mitzvahs, which means every other mitzvah in the Torah, both Drabbanan and Deiraisa, you, you got to really try to get. If you come and there's no wine for Kiddush, even though Yayin is probably only Durabonan, you got to work. Hack your neighbors, go around, try to borrow, try to find. If you can't find wine, make Kiddush on challah. Don't give up just because it's inconvenient. If you don't have nares for Hanukkah, Talach, and Shulchanach, you have to sell your property, etc., etc., etc. If you don't have matzah, and even for a Durabonan, not just for a Deiraisa. If you don't have if you don't have Kiddush Shabbos day, if you don't have the Mishnah, you you gotta you gotta search for a mitzvah. You don't just say eh, it's whatever, it's not here. Says the Gemara that is not true by Havdallah on Matzah Shabbos. Nowadays it's pretty simple. You know we all have matches at home, but in the olden days it wasn't possible to make a fire. If you don't have an available fire, don't look for it. Says the Shulchan Aruch. Says the Shulchan Aruch in the name of the Rajbah and the Rosh. Same thing for Bissamim. That if you go to make Havdalah, if you go to make Havdalah, and you don't have Bissamim, and you don't have a candle, no, you don't have to search for it. So Lamashal, if you spend Shabbos in a hotel, or in a hospital, hopefully for a good reason, and it comes to Shabbos, and you're in the room with your wife, there's no matches, and like they don't like when you light matches, and there's oxygen all over the place. There's no matches, and there's no Bissamim. Just make Havdalah on a cup of grape juice. It's 100% fine. That's a key of the Salacha. Ein marzirin al ha'ar. You don't search for a fire. And says Shochanar, same thing for Bissamim. Ein marzirin al ha'kedach shmarzirin al mitzvah. The way you look for all the mitzvahs. All the mitzvahs, you, you, you got to do your part. Here, you don't have to. 
In fact, on Rabbi Zeir Meresh, back in the day, have Mahadrana, I would search. But Kevin the Shaman Ladrav Yehuda Amarav Anonami Le Mahadrana, I don't search anymore. Ela imiklali memelef. It happens to me easily. Mivarichna, I make the bracha. If not, not. There is one exception though. Matzim Kippur, you have to look for fire. And like you, you would have to like search for fire. Obviously, you don't have to give up your life for it. You don't have to give up most of your money for it. But if if you if it's you know it's a drive or a phone call or a hawk, you should get fire Matzim Kippur. But beside Matzim Kippur, you don't have to search for this. End of the Havdale Sugya for this parak. The Mishnah then went back to his benching and talked about a situation that is not common, but has definitely happened to all of us. Forgot to bench. Forgot to bench. And then you remember, what do you do? Do you have to drive back home? Do you not have to drive back home? What happens if you forgot to bench? Says the Gemara, Beshameh says you've got to go back to where you came from, where you ate. Beis Hillel says you do not have to. You do not have to. Says the Gemara, Amr of Zvidvi, Temerami, Ravdimi, Bar Abba, Machlekes Beshokach. This Machlekes is only if you actually forgot. Avu Bemezid, if you purposely said, listen, I'm in a rush, I'll bench in the car. Which means you sat, sat down, you ate a sandwich. And someone calls you and says, I need you over here now. You jump in the car thinking purposely, I'll bench in the car as I leave. There, says the Gemara and the Halacha, you have absolutely no dispensation. Beis Hillel is not in your corner. Beis Hillel is not telling you that's fine. If you forgot, if you like, you know, you're eating a meal, you got a phone call in the middle, you forgot. Next thing you knew, you were in your car, you're on the beltway, you're 25 minutes from home. Says Basil, you don't have to return home. But if you got in your car thinking, eh, I'll bench in the car, says the Gemara, everyone says you need to go back. You must return home to bench. And Mara says, yeah, you're not telling me Chirish. It said in the Mishnah of Ishakach, it didn't say you purposely did it. The whole Machlikas was you forgot. It says, you forgot. The Lord says, no, I could have thought that that's only to accentuate Beishamai. I might think that Beishil still allows you to bench wherever you are, even Beishil. And the only reason it says Beishamai, to tell you that Beishamai says, even if it's forgot, you have to go back. Kamash Malon, you don't have to. What's the halacha if, let's say, Yutaka did this. You ate. You purposely left and said, I'll bench in the car. The Mechaber says, it's okay. The Ramah says, no, you're, you're, you are quoting a Rambam. I can't tell you, you don't have a basis for that. You're quoting a Rambam. But the Rush, you're not even Yaitzibidyevit. And the reason the Ramah brings that is to tell you that that's what he believes. And therefore, Comes out like the Ramah. Comes out like the Ramah, something incredible. If you ate, you jumped in the car saying, yeah, I'll bench in the car. You benched, the whole benching. You need to go back and bench again. The Mechaber would tell you, if you're a Svarty, okay, you shouldn't have done it, but the Ramah will tell you, no. Even though you just benched, go home and bench again. 
because you violated this halach. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, Tanya, Amulem Beishilol Beishamay. Beishilol asked Beishamay. Now, I'm not sure if they really thought they would get a, if they really thought they would get a response from here or not. But they said, really? Do you mean someone who ate on the top of a scaffold or on top of a building, you'd have to walk up 10 flights of steps and he forgot and went down and didn't bench. Are you going to actually require him to go back up to the top of the tower to bench? So, I mean, obviously Bishama said, yeah, but Bishama said, listen, let me ask a question myself. Let me ask a question. If a person would have left his wallet on top floor of a building, I don't know if, if you ever like put down your wallet and like you felt in your pocket you couldn't find it. You would do anything for your wallet. And it's like even though it's not the end of the world, like you know, it's like a few phone calls and whatever cash you have in there. But you, you, like if someone tells you you have to run six miles. I'm in. Uh, I want my wall back. If, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. So says Beishamah to Beishil, if someone forgot their wallet on top of a building, no Shabbos elevator, 25 flights, I'm in. You're not going to go up and take a look. For his own needs, he's going to go up to get it. For benching, he's not going to. So, like this, two things. First of all, as far as, as far as this uh, benching and forgetting to bench, the Mishnah Brewer says, if let's say you forgot to bench, you forgot, not did on purpose, did on purpose we talked about. Let's say you forgot to bench. If you have bread where you're going, no problem. You could eat bread, you could eat bread and then just bench there. It's 100% fine. You don't have to go back to where you're coming. Even, says the Mishnah if you left on purpose. And even if you don't eat a kezayis. So just, you know, very simple case. Let's say, Shabbos afternoon, you're at the Suda, then your wife says, let's go visit the so-and-sos. So, for whatever reason, you forgot to bench. Or, Let's say you purposely didn't bench, which means, you know, not that you weren't going to bench. You, your wife said, like, you know, like, I know the so-and-sos, they like catching the two o'clock mincha. So if we don't get there soon, we're, we're going to miss it. So let's get, you know, it's, it's already 135. Let's get over there before he bounces to mincha. So you purposely leave your suda. Says the Mishnah Bura, no problem. Even if you left B'mezid, I'm not saying you should, but even if you left B'mezid, you could go to that guy's house, Ask him for like a little bite of challah. The Mishmurah says it doesn't have to be a kezayis. No, it can't be other foods. It can't be the dessert or a piece of fruit or a piece of chocolate or a piece of cake. It has to be pas, but it could be less than a kezayis. Says the Mishmurah, even if you left on purpose, if you left your house on purpose, you went to another guy's house, you didn't bench, you ate a little piece of bread, less than a kezayis, you could bench over there and you don't violate this halacha. 
So, so that's like a pretty good dispensation. So for instance, you know, I don't know your situation at work, but let's say you left home, you ate lunch with your wife, you forgot the bench, you left back to work. If you have bread at work, take a teeny piece of challah, don't wash again, don't, don't make another bracha, take a teeny piece of challah and bench there. It's 100% fine like the Mishabur. So this halacha that you have to drive back, it's, it's a rough halacha, if you did it on purpose, you for sure have to go back. If you did it by accident, it's nice to go back. But if where you're going, there's bread, you definitely don't have to go back. And this, you know, the halacha doesn't have to mess you up. Okay. Uh, one last gemara. One last gemara. You know it is too long. I'll stop here.